So I like to say that your physiology is driving your psychology a lot more than you may think. How you eat, how you move your body, how you sleep is affecting your psychology a lot. So I encourage people to control the controllables. It's hard to figure out your purpose. It's hard to deal with all the challenges in life. But you can control more directly what you're eating. If you're moving your body, if you're turning off your electronics and getting a proper night of sleep. Expanding possibilities, the mindset zone. I'm your host, Anna Malikian. And my mission is to support individuals and organizations to increase their impact while avoiding burnout. If you want to work smarter, not harder, I can help you. If you want to go from burnout to full engagement, let's talk. Reach me at Anna, A-N-A, at mindset.zone. Yes, instead of .com, it's .zone. You can also access all the episode notes, links, and other amazing resources at mindset.zone. Today, our special guest is Brian Johnson, and Brian is the founder and CEO of Heroic, that is a membership research-backed coaching program that really has impacted ten thousands of people and many, many more in the months to come. And Brian has wrote this incredible work that we are going to be speaking here today. So welcome to the Mindset Zone, Brian. Thank you, Anna. I'm thrilled to be here. And that I didn't read all the book yet because this is a book to be flavored. This book like so much of your work and I really so much appreciate you that in the book, you also give the opportunity for people to join your mobile app uh, that has the basic training and all that is what I'm doing at the moment, because this is not just something that we go and, uh, oh, I read this book in an airplane ride in two hours. No, I listen for two or three minutes. I read a chapter and then how can I apply that in my life? So. Tell us a little bit what is the best approach for people to take the most out of your book. Yeah, well, I appreciate you wearing the t-shirt and the app already. And of course, being with you here today. To step back, so orate is how you pronounce that funny looking Greek word on my t-shirt and on the book. But it's the, it's the one word answer that the ancient Greek philosophers like Socrates and Plato and Aristotle and the ancient Roman Stoics like Aurelius and Epictetus and Seneca, the one word answer they would give you on how to live a good, noble life is orate. So we directly translate it as virtue or excellence, but it means something closer to being your best self moment to moment to moment. And then to your point, we can talk about, you know, what that means. And if there's a gap between who you're capable of being and who you're actually being, I like to say it's in that gap that you regret, anxiety, disillusionment, depression exists. When you close that gap, you live with Arte, you express the best version of yourself, you feel a deep sense of joy and meaning and purpose, what the Greeks called eudaimonia, good soul, a sense of flourishing. But the book is 451 of my favorite big ideas that I've studied over the last 25 years, ancient wisdom and modern science. Distilled into that book, each micro chapter is two to three pages long, 
And the idea is to move you from theory to practice to mastery. And it's the expression of what I've been doing with the Heroic app. We have a Heroic Coach certification program that 10,000 people have gone through. Sony Libomirsky, the great well-being researcher, did research on our program. And she said it's the most profound results she's seen in 35 years of research. Simply because we're taking ancient wisdom and this modern science and then distilling it into seven objectives that are also in the book to help people, again, truly move from theory to practice to mastery. And to your point, you can't just read an idea, whether it's a book, you know, over a two-hour plane ride or a podcast. You need to do the things you know you could be doing. And that's what my work is all about and what the book is all about. And the one thing that you speak, and I think you even, because you have a couple of tattoos that you also, when you are speaking, you use, and I think is reminders for yourself. And one is a number, 512051. Yeah. So again, RK is the one word submission of my life's philosophy. I have that tattooed on this forearm. And then on this forearm, I have heroic tattooed. I'm the founder and CEO of a company called Heroic Public Benefit Corporation. And then right above, it actually says hero. And then right above I and C, which we, you know, our tattoo, my tattoo artist and I designed it. So a hero, I see a world in which 51% of humanity is flourishing by the year 2051. So that's the moonshot goal with which Martin Seligman launched the positive psychology movement in the year 2000. And when I first heard that years ago, I thought it was crazy. I still think it's crazy, but I've tattooed my body with it. That's our mission with Heroic. It's what I've dedicated my life to helping create um, a world in which 51% of humanity is flourishing by 2051. We have a lot of work to do, but our sense is it's, it's one person at a time. If me and you can come together and we can help our communities become the best, most heroic version of themselves, and they can help their families and their communities, um, we can literally change the world. we got a lot of work to do, uh, but that's the whole point of the book too is you're the hero we've been waiting for. Quit looking outside yourself. Look in the mirror. You are the one we've been waiting for. We just need you to, frankly and bluntly, step up and start acting like the best, most heroic version of yourself. And that's what my fiercely, intensely, let's go, you know, approach and book is all about. And I love this moonshot kind of goal, but that is what led all the energy to take people to the moon. And I think we have to put these goals to really galvanize us to make something. And I think this is so important for the new generation because I have a daughter, you have two kids too, and I have a daughter, she's 14 at the moment. And she's very critical about the human race. Let's put it that way. And, and sometimes we have this kind of philosophical discussions and, uh, and, and they say, oh, humans in general did so much bad to the planet. And that is many young people have this very, a little bit of a pessimist view of the humans and the, the impact that we are having on the planet. But I keep telling her, but we, also, we have the potential to do so much good. And I think your mission is exactly that, help us to live that potential. And I think it's that that we have to focus, how can we unlock that human potential that is here, that we have, but with so, how do you say, the culture is not geared for us to 
actualize it. Yeah, for sure. And, I, and again, I, I dedicated the book to the reader, who is the hero we've been waiting for, to my wife and my kids, and then to you and your kids. You know, and all of us that have kids or, or just want to create a better world for the future generations. But in one of the one of the, the most powerful kind of notes that I received was from a military officer we're blessed to serve, whose eleven year old son found the book in the car during a weekend soccer tournament, picked it up, and stayed up late on Saturday night reading it, first hundred pages. So your daughter, of course, is more than partially true. I look at what's going on right now and even especially right now, even over the last month, things went from can it get worse? Wow, it just did. So of course there's there's there that's in part an accurate reflection of our current reality. And each of us needs to do something about it and move from the victim complaining, criticizing, and all these things and becoming the nihilist giving up to the hero saying, All right, cool, I see that. I don't accept that. I want to do something positive and constructive about it. And again, that's that's the call, but it's the next generation. It's us being the parents who are bringing forth the best in our kids. And then it's exhilarating to imagine, again, what we can do together. But it's humbling. I mean, the it's on one side of impossible or the other, creating a world in which that majority is um, is flourishing, given where we're starting right now. And 80 percent of us or whatever the numbers are struggling invisibly with with anxiety, with depression and all these other issues. And then visibly with the diabetes, the obesity, and all the other challenges that go downstream from that. But this is it, you know, this is the moment and it's time for us to come together. And it's what you're doing. I mean, when I look at, at you and the work that you're putting out and the, the, how you've dedicated your life to understanding the science of getting our mindsets right, operationalizing hope is a big part of my work. You gotta see a better future. You gotta believe you can create it and you need to have a concrete plan and a willingness to evolve that plan, right? Yeah, we have to walk our talk, and that I think is the best way to teach our kids the walking our talk and uh, do the the work. Because a lot, yes, uh, it, this is uh, to untap our human potential. Is a we can do a lot in terms of the personal development work that is so important. And uh, I always I've been working in personal development for gosh, I. More, more than 30 years. Um, and it's interesting to realize that the way that I see it, and I would love your thoughts about this. Yes, we, starting with us, is the easiest. We are here. We can start with us. And it's a work that we have to do. But human, and that we have, if we look to the story of psychology and the uh, we know that in the 70s, there was a lot of work on the human potential and uh, and that kind of personal development work there. But in my opinion, they, they stay too much on the individual, just the individual. And if you really want to do the impactful change, and I think what you are doing with App and with your work is that is, yes, the internal work that needs to be done, but we the human potential we are connecting beings we need others we need community so there is a lot of human potential when we see that connections and we can activate that connection so it's not just is the work with the individual plus the work that we can do as community so and part of your app is creating that place correct 
A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and beautifully said, and the science is unequivocal on this as well, that, you know, consuming wisdom, whether it's in the form of a book or a podcast or a, a class or whatever, is an important way through which we can change our lives individually. But the faster way and the fastest way to improve our lives and to be the change we want to see and make a difference is to join a community with high standards. And that's exactly what the Heroic App is. It's, it's helping people move from theory to practice, to mastery together today. So we integrate a lot of the ideas we talk about in the book and all the ancient wisdom and modern science I've studied. And then we have a practice tool, which is kind of like a habit tracking tool, but it's based on identities and virtues and doing the things you do when you're at your best. That again, science, another school that I can't name, but a leading institution demonstrated the efficacy of that part of the app as well. That if you simply commit to and hit targets in our platform, literally you're 23% more energized. You go from the 53rd percentile to the 70th percentile in 30 days on the Diener scale of flourishing. So that's the practice side, but then there's the social together side. And my background is in, I built and sold two social networking platforms before Facebook. And I waited 17 years since I sold my last platform that died a sad death as many startups do when they're acquired by publicly traded companies. But I've waited for an alternative to Facebook. In, in the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, have you seen that? Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So if you're a parent or a grandparent or anyone interested in, in, in this subject, The Social Dilemma with Tristan Harris and his important work on Netflix is it's as close to a must watch as, as they come. But it talks about the unintended catastrophic consequences of social technology that are grounded on attention economics, meaning they make their money by, by hacking your brainstem and selling your attention, especially with young girls, young women, the self-harm suicide rates through the social comparison, the political polarization, all those things that happen. Anyway, heroic ultimately is an answer to the social dilemma using the absolute best of social and persuasive technology. There's nothing wrong with the technology in and of itself, but put it into a community of people like us who are having these conversations outside of the toxicity of all the other platforms. I mean, when you think about it, it's absurd. I can't say things at a gas station that I can say online. Why is that? I would be refused service at a gas station, a fast food restaurant, pick your favorite place. But I can say anything I want on these platforms with absolutely no ramifications. And then we wonder what happened to the civility in our society, et cetera. So on our platform, you know, we show up with the wisdom, the discipline, the love, the courage, and a commitment to being the change we want to see to make a difference in the world. And we're really, really excited about that, both online and offline, facilitating, you know, local groups getting together, talking about these ideas and making a difference in their communities, et cetera. Yeah, and what you are saying make me think of another interview that I did in my Mindset Zone podcast with, I think you interview him also in your podcast some time ago, Nir Yal with the book Indestructible. Uh, and uh, one of the things that he really nails it very well is the, the, so, uh, is the thing that when we speak about technology, uh, we cannot blame technology for everything because some of the problems that we are struggling with were already there 2000 years ago. But technology, it can aggravate, accelerate what is happening now, and we can just be victims of it or do something 
to change it. And I think what you are doing is that, okay, let's take the best out of this uh, in a positive way. And that is, yes, technology is so good to grab our attention, but if we put some intentionality on it, then is when the magical can happen. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a, a, a friend, he's an investor in Heroic Public Benefit Corporation. We made crowdfunding history. You know, we have 3,000 investors from around the world who, who supported us to help us create something that, that they hope will help make a positive difference in the world. But that's exactly right. And then, you know, the way that I use my phone, the, the app is the only thing I have on my own screen. So then the thing that is, you know, a cue, a trigger, a prompt right now for a lot of us, addictive behaviors that are bringing us down the wrong path. For us, we want to have the phone be a cue, a trigger, a prompt to be your best, most virtuous self via the, the social and the training components that we're talking about. But it's neutral. Technology is neutral. Cal Newport talks about it a lot in his book, Digital Minimalism, another friend of mine that I've spent a lot of time talking about how to architect something that would actually use, again, the best of technology. It's like fire. Fire isn't inherently good or bad. Yeah. It can be used for good or bad, but we just need to be mindful and make sure that we're using the technology rather than being used by that technology. Obvious, it's subtle, but important distinction. And then it gets exciting. Then we can use it for the absolute best and show up as our best, again, as we shift the mindset slightly on this domain and others. Yeah. And this going back to the human potential is, is the work in the individual, is the work as a group, and then the, what I call another dimension that we have to include in the, in the human potential is the systemic forces that we have to be aware of them. And how can we change it, the culture, for creating a more positive culture? Because that is, I think, what will allow us to meet the goal of the 51%. Yeah. When the change in the individual and in the group will start to reflect in the cultures. A hundred percent. And then my right below, I have, you know, 51, 20, 51. Then I have 101 and a million. So one of the things we do in the app, you know, I, I wear an aura ring, which measures my readiness score. <laughs> my score. Yeah, great. So we have something called a soul force score. Soul mm -hmm. force. The phrase that Gandhi coined that Martin Luther King talked about in his I Have a Dream speech, it's the quality that I say all heroes have in common. Whoever your favorite hero is, they had soul force. There's moral charisma that you can feel. They're living in integrity with their values, and it's a felt sense neurologically of their power. But our idea is we want to help each individual be the best version of themselves, and then different individuals do different things. From the military officers that are protecting the freedoms on which our flourishing is so dependent to the executives running companies with thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of employees to the educators and the politicians and others that are playing their roles in different domains. And my vision is help the individual be their best self. And then the ripples are profound. You know, we have a, a woman in our coach certification program who's a community leader in Maine, which just experienced those horrific shooting. Yeah, a tragedy. And, and here she is. Who could, ex who could know that she would be there in that community? And this is her moment to step up and to serve profoundly. Um, so each of us plays our roles humbly, yet we encourage them to play it heroically well. And it, it's, the, it's the aggregate of those small individual moments and actualizations. You and your daughter and your daughter doing those next things. And 
your show impacting, you know, the people, the ripples are profound. And then, of course, there's the systemic change um, that we can get into. That's a longer chat. And frankly, it's a lot harder. It's more complex. But what I'm focused on is let's get the individual thinking about something more than themselves and doing the hard work to become their best selves and supporting one another. And we already see it, that just the impact that can happen at the very nascent form of our movement is exciting to push forward two, three, four, five, six years to 2030 and forward. And that's, that's again, my personal obsession is, is, as I say in the book, my favorite hero is you and the individual that's watching us right now. Boom, you are the hero we've been waiting for. And if enough of us can answer that call, and be our best selves. I, I know there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, that's Gandhi 101, paraphrased, be the change you want to see. The world has never changed in any other way. Um, and the, again, the downstream, secondary, and, and tertiary byproducts of the individuals coming alive is we start to make effective change in the systemic, cultural institutions and structures that could use some optimization as well. And I love that because you speak a lot about the euro and you have your euros in the back in the photos there that you have. Uh, uh, and I see a part of Gandhi there and Leonora Roosevelt and so many others that you speak about. And you always underline that each one of us are also heroes. And the change, the power of change is there. We can get inspiration about the, the, those amazing beings, human beings that can inspire us, can guide us in so many different ways, but we have to do the work. And they show us it's possible. So I have these heroes in my wall. I have my kids, I got my wife behind me, Eisenhower, Gandhi, Eleanor Roosevelt, Marcus Aurelius, Aristotle over there, my coach, Phil Stutz. But any, you know, all of these heroes just show us what's possible. When we go to watch a, a hero film, what we're seeing is the hero's myth on the screen, but that's just a metaphorical representation of our call to adventure, our call to be heroic. And to the extent we're answering that call, we have an opportunity to feel fulfilled. To the extent we aren't, you know, Abraham Maslow is another one of my favorite humanistic psychologists who kind of kicked off the whole positive psychology movement, if you will, in the 1950s and 60s. He says what one can be, one must be. And at a certain point of in, our, in our development, and we're all here, this deep into this conversation, every single person here is at this stage of you know, his hierarchy of needs, yeah. where the need to actualize your potential, and then to go beyond that even and transcend it and give back, is as real as your need to breathe. I call it soul oxygen. And to the extent there is a gap between who you're capable of being and who you're actually being, you're going to feel a certain level of angst, a certain level of despair even. And that's not a bad thing. That's a sign that you have capacities clamoring to be used is how he describes it. We evolved to express ourselves. And if you are not, you will feel pain, but that's not bad. That's an indicator that you have some work to do. And again, my life's work is here's how to do the work in order to activate your heroic potential, your soul work, all these other things. And so what will be, because you speak about hope, and I think that is an essential ingredient here. What will be the message for somebody, independent of the age, but somebody that is a little bit in the weeds of anxiety, depression, seeing things a little bit clouded from that lenses? 
how can we give them hope that they don't have to stay in that mystery? Yeah. Look, my story is, the, is one example of it. I wanted to end my own life 25 years ago. So I grew up in a family with an alcoholic father. His father was an alcoholic who ended his own life. I like to joke now I lost the environmental and genetic lotteries. I contemplated ending, ending my own life. 25 years ago, I dropped out of law school, had no idea what I wanted to do. The same intensity I have today with no direction and no desire to do anything I had done before I went to law school. So I know what it feels like to feel the depths of despair. I know what it feels like to feel a deep sense of sustainable meaning and joy. Not, of course, I have my highs and my lows, but my highs are higher, my lows are higher. And I have a pretty good sense of what I did to go from there to here. And so we've been blessed to work with the, some of the most elite performers and going to the next level together, but also people who didn't want to get out of bed tomorrow morning. And I'll tell you what, the, the virtue that scientists say is most highly correlated with your flourishing is gratitude and hope are tied for second, which you'd expect. It's impossible to be simultaneously depressed and grateful at the same time. And I like to joke, don't believe me, try. Be grateful for your life. You know what I mean? And in that moment, you're not feeling depressed. Wow, okay, at least I'm alive to have this experience. And then hope is another one which we can talk more about. But zest, which is an awkward word for energy, vitality is... is their most important virtue for flourishing. So I like to say that your physiology is driving your psychology a lot more than you may think. How you eat, how you move your body, how you sleep is affecting your psychology a lot. So I encourage people to control the controllables. It's hard to figure out your purpose. It's hard to deal with all the challenges in life, but you can control more, more directly what you're eating. If you're moving your body, if you're turning off your electronics and getting a proper night of sleep. And I didn't used to do any of those things when I was in the depths of despair. So I'm all about your physiology driving your psychology more than you think. I mean, your gut produces 80 to 90% of your body's serotonin, not your brain. So the overconsumption of sugar, processed foods, all these things are directly affecting your psychology. So we like to focus on controlling the controllables. And I come back to that relentlessly. Again, in the book, it's the sixth objective, dominating the fundamentals. And we have some other ways to build confidence in yourself. But you've got to know you can create a better life. There, there's not one person in the world who cannot do that full stop. I wish I could connect directly one-on-one. -on -one, all right, let's go. And again, this is what I've tried to do through the app and everything else that I do is come as close as I can to transmitting that. But you can change. And again, the science briefly of hope is you believe you can create a better future. You, you can see a better future and you have a goal. You believe you can create an agency and you have a plan to do so. And those three things I come back to all the time. And we just want to get, it's like getting ready to train for a triathlon or a marathon or a Spartan race. At first, it's hard. Okay, cool. You can walk around the block. But, but work out your muscle, work out your psychological kind of muscles, and you can build the strength to endure whatever challenges you're facing. Absolutely. So what, besides people go and order your book, give us some tips for our heroes out there. What, they go order the book, get the book. What you recommend them to immediately to get the, the app in the phone to what by working with so, so many people do you think that is the best practice? Yeah, I mean, we'd be honored if you considered getting the book. You can learn more about that, heroic.us slash book. 
You can find the app Heroic, the training platform, just search Heroic in iOS and Android. But then the number one practical tool that I would encourage you to consider thinking about is bust out a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on the upper left, put do, and on the upper right, put don't. And think of yourself at your best. We've all experienced peak moments in life in which we showed up as our best, whether it was a day or a week or a month. But write down and think about for two or three minutes, what did you do when you were at your best? I eat a certain way, I move my body, I get a certain amount of sleep. And then what do you don't do when you're at your best? I don't, my dad and my grandfather did enough drinking, so I don't drink, but maybe you drink. I used to look at ESPN too much, you know, and I would just waste too much time in email or news, right? What do you not do when you're at your best? Do and don't. And then practically speaking, look at that list and then circle the number one thing that you could start doing, that if you started doing it would most change your life and circle the number one thing you could stop doing. And know that that's actually the fastest way to change your life, to stop doing the things that are eroding your mental, you know, um, toughness and confidence in yourself and joy for life. And we all have it. We call them kryptonites. Everybody's got their kryptonites. So no shame, et cetera. And let's get to work. So I like to go there as a really direct, practical application of some of the ideas we're talking about because we have the wisdom we need. Now, again, we just need to move from theory to practice on it. And again, the book, the app, you can meet a community of people interested in these ideas and heroic and hopefully find a thing that could help you unlock that next level of your potential. Absolutely. So I will make sure that I put all these links in the show notes of this episode. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your work bringing that ancient wisdom and the modern science together in a way that we can understand, then we can practice, and then we can master it. So, so important. Thank you so much. Oh, bless you, Anna. Send my love to your daughter. And thank you so much for having me. Expanding possibilities, the Thank you for listening and remember to follow this podcast. And if you're listening in Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. That really helps us spread the word about the Mindset Zone. Also visit Mindset.Zone. Yes, instead of dot .com is dot zone. There you can find amazing resources and more information about my speaking and how I support purpose-driven individuals and organizations increase their impact while preventing burnout. As always, I'm so grateful you are here. Expand what's possible for you, for the ones around you, for the world.